This is Limit Up, the place where we explore markets, strategies, and trading psychology to take your trading to the next level. Hey traders, this is Eddie Horn from Top Step Trader, and this is Limit Up. This is where we talk with traders, market participants, and trading psychologists to help you improve your trading. Today, we have a very special episode. We talk with trader Tracy Shukart about the crude oil market. In this interview, we're going to be covering OPEC, President Trump's intervention, and supply issues. This interview was recorded yesterday, right before this huge 5% sell-off on Wednesday, July 11th. Have a listen. There's a ton of great information about how you can profit in this current market. Hope you enjoy. Tracy, very nice to have you here with us today. And uh, I, I needed to give you a call and ask you, uh, with crude, what the hell is going on? Basically, let's start the podcast with that. Now, uh, it, it's really been all over the place. We're looking at a $10 range. Um, we're looking at a lot of politics getting involved. We're looking at a lot of threats, a lot of promises, um, a lot of plans, a lot of talk. Everything is just sort of shifting crude. Anything that sort of hits the wire moves crude. Any number is moving crude. Um, Crude has had more than a 16% rally off its June lows. $64 to $74 plus a little, little higher than that. What's going on, Tracy? So, I mean, well, we have, I mean, there's a lot of things fundamentally going on in the market right now. You know, we had um, OPEC started in 2016 with their cuts um, and, you know, due to, uh, they overcuts. But really, that was not due to purpose, more so than, say, Venezuela. There are a lot of countries that we, you know, had cuts that are uh, were non-voluntary cuts. So um, we saw the market draw down a lot. We saw oil price go up. Um, and then we sort of hit a point where um, we kind of are now, fast forward to now, where, you know, We've got Trump saying oil price is too high. We've got other countries saying oil price is too high. It's starting to hurt emerging markets. Um, so now we have a lot of politics involved. We had a new meeting with OPEC. They just decided that they're going to bring back cuts to 100%. In other words, they're going to have basically the handful of Mideast countries that can, that can actually produce more, make up for the shortfall of uh, countries like Venezuela. Um, and then we have a whole other slew of factors uh, that are just happening today. I mean, there's so much going on in the market right now. Um, if you want to ask something more specific, or if we can get into the specifics of one thing or another, because sure. <laughs> I feel like it's just there's so much it's, happening. We, can, you know, right. we kind of have to address it piece by piece. My God, there's so much. You know, let me ask you something about OPEC. You mentioned OPEC. Now, uh, I've been following crude. It's been my fashion play. I've I've been trading it uh, probably three, four years now. Uh, it caught the break, caught the run, caught everything with it. Uh, now, when we talk about OPEC, now not too long ago, it was uh, comments coming from OPEC 
It was like uh, it really didn't matter what they said. There was no effect. There was and nothing behind it. Now, right. all of a sudden, um, sources familiar with the situation right. that are, you know, that they're. My favorite, favorite. It's my sources. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like somebody just, hey, by the way, I got some news for you. Um, you know, and, and right. they're coming out and. All of a sudden, the market is, is screaming. It's like, and we can't find what's going on. You know, check the Dow wire, check Reuters, check uh, Twitter, check. And it, all, it comes out a little later. Uh, you know, uh, the, the, the minister's secretary's um, gardener mentioned something about, right. uh, you know. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, it's really on edge now. What Everything is really on edge because people are traders. And I'm not talking, um, you know, paper traders in the physical oil traders. So traders, and I'm not talking you and I traders, paper traders, mm -hmm. but traders, the, the big oil traders that trade physical oil are starting to worry more about uh, supply constraints. Now we have supply constraints on two different levels. We have the OPEC supply constraints, which basically you know, affects more of the um, Brent basket. Mm -hmm. Right. And then and then we have problems. We have our own domestic problems uh, here in the U.S., which are completely separate than OPEC. And although, you know, kind of, you know, Brent is kind of the benchmark. Right. And it generally leads, you know, a, a lot of times it leads and WTI is just along for the ride because it generally trades a little bit higher. Mm -hmm. But now all of a sudden and that's kind of why. Um, that's kind of why, you know, Trump said it's OPEC's fault. They need to produce more, this, that, and the other. Um, you know, we saw like a dollar dip on that move and it shot right back up because we also have domestic problems. And the domestic problems that we have right now, we have Iranian sanctions, right, uh, that certainly aren't going to help overall uh, supply in, in the market and in an already tight market. We have steel steel tariffs, which 97% um, of the pipeline used, um, uh, uh, the steel used in oil wells and, and pipelines is mm. um, imported. Sure. So, and the, the steel companies in the United States simply aren't tooled for, to tool that kind of pipeline. So, you know, now these steel tariffs come along, so that's also hurting, you know, we, you need, and Trump's not giving these companies any waivers. Many companies that, you know, we had all the big ones apply for waivers. So far, he's denied all of them. So that's hurting the industry here because we have a, we have a glut in the Permian that we desperately need to get out and into the marketplace, but we can't because we're lacking pipelines. Um, and, you know, yeah. we have no truck drivers and all the rail cars are full. So we have that problem. Um, probably going into a little more detail than people want to hear, but, um, and then we have the other problem that I think could be easily solved is we had Saudi cut their, um, exports to the United States. They own Motiba. So they import sour crude. They mix it with light crude, produce gasoline and distillates and send it off to wherever. Mm -hmm. The problem is they cut, they cut their their imports. So really, Saudi Arabia doesn't even necessarily have to produce more because right now they already said we're producing more. They are producing more. Russia's producing more. Market does, still doesn't care. So what they need to do, what they can do is they can start importing back to the United States, stop drawing on Cushing and sort of flood the U.S. market a little bit more. And that would bring down domestic prices. 
So that's what they we could do domestically, and that's the problems that are having we're having domestically is we're drawing down Cushing too far too fast, okay. and it's all the sellable grade crudes that that are there. Um, we also had a sin crude problem. Again, sin crude went down, um, and that that goes into Cushing. Um, that's from Canada. So right now, while the traders are, we had this big spike in the front end of the spreads because, you know, traders were freaking out that, you know, suddenly we had 150,000 barrels that we weren't going to have for two months. Um, so we had, saw a big spike in the in prices, well, price followed along in, um, in September and August. Um, so until that problem can kind of be resolved and, and until they can get some uh, WCS down here, that's also keeping domestic prices elevated. So that's domestically what, what is going on and the problems that we're having in there. Tracy, let me ask you something. Now, today uh, today is uh, Tuesday. We're going to get an API after the close, uh, followed by an EIA. You know, it's a build or a draw or a build or a draw. Growing up, I learned about supply and demand. You know, right. if there, there's a big supply, uh, you know, prices are cheaper. If there's right. not a big supply and a big demand, prices are expensive. Now, why do we see in crude, if we get like, just for example, uh, we'll have a 3.5 build in oil. So that means more oil, okay, a, a bigger supply. Um, why do we see, now, usually you would think if there's more supply, it's going to get cheaper. Why do we see crude rally in situations like that? And let me just turn the table and say that if, if there's a, a, um, a, a, a short in the barrels, like 2.5 right. or 5.7, and you see the market going the, the opposite way, why does the market do that? Well, I mean, that's a, I mean, there's a twofold question. I mean, the, you know, first, the report contains a lot more information than just, you know, are we seeing a build or not? I mean, traders are, you know, looking also at what is Cushing looking like? What is gasoline? What are inputs? What are exports? So you have that. And then, I mean, initially, you know, generally, if you see a big build or, a, a, you know, a, a big draw, Mm-hmm. We always like to say, like, you know, you want to sell a big draw and buy a big build. Because okay. what happens is the market, actually, you know, I mean, when you see the initial market reaction, you're looking at either people surprised by the um, surprised by the data and or they're scrambling to change their position. So say we had, you know, a, a big draw and the market drops. Um, usually you'll cut, you'll see the market come back up kind of retrace that drop and then come back down again. I mean, that's just kind of the nature of how the market works and vice versa on the top side. All right, answer my question. Now, th- I mean, there's a lot. See, I, like I mentioned when we first started uh, the interview, you're the go-to in the crew. You know a lot, you do your homework, and uh, I appreciate you coming up with these answers. It's, it's, it's I see the light at the end of the tunnel, Tracy. Um, <laughs> No. I mean, generally, if you're trying to trade the number or something like that, and there is like a big, you know, a big move. I mean, sometimes you don't, we, don't, we don't have a little move. But if there's a big move, then, you know, if I was trying to trade this, right, I don't generally trade the number. But, no. um, but you know, if you were trying to trade that, I would let the market go where it wants to go. And then I would 
start looking at places where it's going to retrace them because a lot of times what happens is the market drops so fast that you have you know incomplete auctions halfway down that move right and the market always likes to go back and re-auction those incomplete areas so i would be looking at where's the incomplete auctions where's the market likely to retrace um and then you know see if it it retraces completes those auctions and then comes back down okay. on the trading side of it that's right. how i would look to trade something like that now tracy um president trump right just a little while ago i think the last time we saw the crude really break and rally um, was when, first off, coming over the wire that he had called Saudi Arabia uh, right. to in, increase production. Uh, so, so not, I mean, I looked in my Rolodex and I couldn't find the number to Saudi Arabia to check with them. But market moved, okay? Right. Then a little while later, we got a confirmation, and then the market moved again. Um, now, what's your take on this uh, you know, trying to president trying to intervene, pressuring Saudi Arabia to increase production to account for the sanctions of uh, on Iran. And uh, I've got a question about Iran also. So go ahead. Okay. I mean, as far as the, the thing is, is that we've had presidential inter intervention um, a lot in the crude oil in the crude oil markets in the energy markets, starting mm -hmm. with you know, FDR. The problem is, is that they weren't tweeting. Right? So all of this went behind, they went on behind the scenes and, you know, kept the market relatively stable. Whereas now, you know, we have social media, we have a president tweeting and, you know, and not just about the oil markets. I mean, he could tweet about the stock market or the other day on, you know, the, uh, on the employment report. I mean, you know, this is kind of new territory for every one traders right. involved so you know i kind of think i i mean i think it those kind of types of things should be off off limit for a president too because there are some things that I, you kind of I agree. need to keep yeah. you know that need to be kept not like so public because uh, right. it you know freaks people out <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> that's what i can say you know it freaks the market out it freaks people out and it's you know it's kind of manipulating of the market. I mean, really, technically, mm -hmm. you shouldn't be doing those things. The SEC should be concerned, in my opinion. But yeah, I always wondered if 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 it gets filtered through somebody. But I tell you, at times it's like I don't think so. No, I don't think I so think either. It's like yeah. No filter yeah. at all. Either that or the filter person called in sick today, and he's right? just going on a tangent. But anyway, um, yeah, um, Saudi Arabia. And you're mentioning the president, like you mentioned, this is this is something new. So I think that's why you see a lot of these markets really jumpy, jumpy. Right. I mean, I absolutely agree. It's not just the crude oil market. It's, you know, it's the S&P, it's Dow, it's, you know, I haven't seen him start talking about bonds yet, but. Yeah. Bond traders better hope he does. <laughs> just, yeah, don't talk about it. Don't you keep talking about crude, Mr. President. <laughs> Um, right. Now, at the same time, December crude oil contract rally just 10%, showing that the market is in an extreme backwardation. Uh, right. Now, uh, front that's where the front month contracts are valued much higher than the far month contracts, this level of backwardization. Well, we haven't seen this in a, in many moons, uh, no, 30 plus years. Yeah, I mean, it's starting to flatten out some. The problem is, is that... <laughs> 
what happened in the WTI spread as opposed to what happened in the Brent spread is when we had all of these problems with Syncrude and everything, our front end, WTI front end blew out. Like it went haywire. So that caused damage to the rest of um, the rest of our curve. Whereas normal curve and backwardation, what you have is you have, you know, a, you start from left hand and you come up, but the front months start to curl over as you know, the prices converge because, you know, the prices have to converge your front month to your next month over expiry. So you generally have like a slight curve, slight hook on a backwardation. Um, and what happened with WTI is it completely did the opposite. <laughs> yeah. So we had the front months way blowing out. Um, and I mean, that's starting to come in a little bit more. So, you know, I always tell people, watch the spreads, watch the spreads, because, you know, they kind of tell the story about what's going to happen. But yes, I mean, back months are trading much lower. So, you know, I watch like the DCs, mm -hmm. kind of want to watch that because really <clears throat> most funds and most anybody hedging or, you know, physical supply or anything, they're not trading front months. Front months is all retail paper. Right. They're trading. They're all along the back end. So you want to be watching that back end, too. All right. Now, another thing I wanted to ask you about was the, uh, you know, there has been some supply disruptions. And uh, yeah. for the CME, West Texas contract, um, Venezuela and the friends up north, our Canadian friends, uh, supply right. included, Um What's your take on that? Now, I, I know we've got, you know, before we started to put all these um, tariffs and taxes and change things around, it seemed right. like we had like a, a nice clean path to, uh, you know, we talked about Canadian oil and uh, the possibilities of some Venezuela and you know, everything sort of was going very nicely. Now, what's the situation here now with, with Venezuela and, and Canada? Well, I mean, Venezuela, I mean, there's, you know, that's, their production looks like, you know, that it's going to fall into, you know, the x-axis and down into the date soon. Right. So, right. I mean, their production is just leveling off. So there's nothing really we can do about that. What we can do, though, is... Um, Invade. No. <laughs> right. I think that was the suggestion, right? No. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, so what we can do is a lot of the, the they they have um, they their feedstock goes to the Sitco refineries. So um, basically, they've already been uh, experimenting with WCS to you know kind of um, to, to boost the supply that they need with WCS because it's similar to um, the Venezuelan crude grade. So that was all great and all. Until, you know, then we have this bottleneck in uh, Canada right now, and then you have the Trans Mountain Pipeline problem, you know, not being built. So, you know, it's, and now we have, you know, now threatening of NAFTA and all these tariffs with Canada because they're the brutal enemy. So it seems that there's just, you know, it just seems like every step forward is a step is a step back for the oil industry as much as, you know, the president would like the prices down. They, there's some actions that I think I feel that could be taken uh, legislatively. Mm -hmm. 
that would um, sort of alleviate some of the stress on uh, the Cushing supplies that we have right now. Okay, and let's, while we're mentioning um, Canada, Venezuela, we might as well sort of uh, write out some invites to China and Russia. Now, they've been, uh, I mean, they're big players to begin with. Um, And then putting them into the equation, um, do you think at some point, they might just be turning their back and saying, hey, you know what, uh, let's move away from using the dollar uh, as a default for oil payments. Do you think that's in the cards? I mean, it's been discussed, and, you know, it wouldn't be the first time. I mean, you have Iran accepts payments in euro. Um, you know, there are some countries that will accept yuan still. Um, you know, I mean, there's ways around the dollar. They're not very popular. Uh, but, you know, I mean, I, there's been swap exchanges for gold even. So it's not a new concept or something that's completely unheard of. It's definitely, you know, there are some countries that trade in other currencies. The thing is, is that oil price still is tagged to the dollar. So you can trade it in any currency you want, but it's still, the price is still a dollar. So, you know, Oil price is $50, so it's $50 whether you pay me in yuan or rupees, or it's still $50, right? So, I mean, to me, it doesn't really matter what currency you exchange it in. As long as price is pinned to the dollar, then, you know, it's still traded as a dollar-denominated commodity. All right. You know, we've been talking a lot here about just about any situation that moves crude. Now, one of the uncomfortable situations we were just talking about is how our president is tweeting what's on his mind. And sometimes, yeah, I think that uh, he tweets before he thinks. And, um, you know, for example, uh, there was some some tweeting going on here. And uh, one of the responses from European Union President Donald Tusk uh, which which has some concern, he tweeted today, quote, Dear America, appreciate your allies. After all, you don't have that many. Now, now so, I missed that one. You missed wow. that one. Well, I missed that one. Yeah, he, well, actually, he tweeted it to me first, and I go, no, this isn't Donald. Uh, this you, isn't you t- Donald. You have the wrong <laughs> This is Eddie, yes. No, I'm scared. Um, but, I mean, he, I mean, it almost seems like that's the common knowledge, common feeling towards what's going on here in America uh, and everything. I mean, uh, you know, you're you're sort of split because of what he's doing is, you know, we were sort of carrying the tax on this and holding the tax on this and paying for this and uh, putting, you know, more in for this. And now he's just sort of pulling back saying, no, everything needs to be even. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you about um, was before we before we started the podcast, I brought up an article, and uh, once again, in response to U.S. pressure on oil buyers, um, talking about Iran. All right, now one of the articles that came up uh, was talking about that crude oil prices. Now, if uh, if Iran goes through with its threat to close the Strait of Hormuz. They won't. 
They it, won't. They won't. They won't. No, they okay. are not going to. Because it would, it would, it would hurt their own. It would hurt their own uh, exports. So I think that's a something that the media took and ran with, and I don't think it was necessarily a real threat. Okay. Well, I think I, the media overblown that. This may personally sure. because there's too many reasons for them not to. Right. Oh no. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, if anything, we send some thugs from Chicago uh, right. out there, and uh, you know, with the they, crook, with crooked noses. You know, they, I mean, they would be hurting their own region, so as well as themselves. So I don't really, like I said, I think that was overblown by the media personally. You know, I think they took something and ran with it. And I mean, in some of these cases, you have to, you know. Look at things in a in a logistic logical right. level well, see, instead of somebody saying you know I'm gonna I mean I, I don't know I just they won't it won't happen. See now the per per perfect <laughs> example of what markets are doing now. If something like this comes out, people stand on the line, and then it's like uh, it's a lemmings. It's like waiting for the rush or waiting for the first person to make a move or waiting for, you know, I, I don't want to miss that boat. Um, you know, if all of a sudden this comes up and, and you, you see a buying frenzy, you know, if this hit the wire, you know, it, it really seems like a lot of people are just jumping on to, to be with the majority, you know, yeah. and it, it's, it's not a healthy way to trade. Obviously not. No. So, okay. I wanted to ask you about that because uh, if they were, successful in closing that uh they were talking about 250 dollars a barrel and yeah uh, this I, they're not it's not why it's not going to happen i can okay. um no i can send you a million reasons why you heard it here <laughs> you heard it here all right well tracy um some final final closing comments on uh our good friend the crude what's what's your take here let's say let's go out maybe about a month go out five months What's your take on crude? What do you think we're going to be doing there? I mean, it's too hard. There's so many mitigating factors in the oil market. For me, it's too hard to see what's going to happen that far out. Like, okay. I'm not, I'm not, I mean, just to be honest, I mean, there's too many sure. things that could happen in this market um, from day to day. I mean, suddenly, to, just today, we had a strike in Norway and a strike in yeah. Gabon. I mean, these are things that you don't, you know, and which sense rents way up. And crude and WTI is lagging, but I mean, there's mitigating factors, things that could come up that you, you know, you just can't really prepare for. So, um, it happened. So, I mean, my time horizon trading is very small, you know. I mean, if I swing trade, you know, I, I, if I hold for two weeks, that would be like a miracle. <laughs> so, so, so mm -hmm. the smartest way to play this is, you know what? Day to day, take baby steps. Uh, right. Don't expect too much, and uh, when it does happen, uh, you know, think it out and react to it. Okay. Right. I mean, you know what I mean. I mean, I know too many people that are trying to swing this for a big swing up or a big swing down, and they keep getting, um, you know, stopped out, eaten up, chewed up because the market's just not, you know, right now there's, just, it, it's not trading like you can trade it like a big swing right now so you know you kind of have to be thankful and get your few dollars here and few dollars here and then you know i trade it that way level to level you know i intraday trade and then i also have a swing account but you know i'm not looking for more than you know two three four bucks on a swing trade i mean too many things could happen i could wake up tomorrow and it you know 
my yeah. whole trade is gone. <laughs> right. Well, you know, I, I, I got to agree with you because I, I tried to do some of those, those uh, bigger trades. And, uh, you know, what they say, once bitten, twice shy. Right. And, you know, and, and it's like I'm getting bit and I get bit again. And it's like, okay, you know what? Um, it's it's not the same market. I, I've got to approach this much differently. Like and, I said, yeah. So. And, uh, well, just talking to you sort of uh, um, quelled my, my bad habits. Now I have to just... <laughs> Take a step back and, and think about it and really approach it each day differently. And right. what could happen? I mean, it, one of the things to include is you got to remember uh, anything can happen at any given moment. And that right. is just so amplified with crude. I mean, there are the markets, obviously, anything can happen at any time. Right. But crude is, is so much. It's it's under the under the radar. It's under the microscope. It's amplified. It's it, anything. And uh, I think that's why I like it so much. It's so exciting. It is. I mean, I love the market, but you do have to, you know, I mean, you know, don't, you don't, don't, I don't know. I don't need to shoot for the moon. I just, right. you know, I just trade level to level and I, I'm, you know, I'm cool with that because again, the market's already jittery. So things that are going on in the media all the time about it. So, you know, and it reacts. So be happy with them, um, you know. I'll see you later. Uh, <laughs> next trade. Exactly. Move on to the next one. If you're happy and you know it, cash a check. There you go. All right. Well, Tracy, I just want to say thank you very much. Um, I don't want to overstay my welcome, and I'm really hoping we can give you a call back again because, as I did say, and I do mean it, you are our crude go-to girl and uh, lady, woman, person. And uh, I, I want to make sure that uh, we can give you a call back again once this uh, – I don't want to say once this market comes under control, <laughs> uh, we'll just see if we can talk to you again. Before you well, go, how yeah. can somebody find you online? Because I know they're listening to this going, I need to listen to uh, more of what Tracy's got to say. You're, give us a little. Um, and Twitter, always Twitter. If you want to know what's going on, always find me at Shy Girl. G-H-I-G-R-L. Yeah. G-R-L. G-R-L. All right. C-H-I-G-R-L. So, yeah. So, I'm always on Twitter. Um, you'll find updates about the oil market and or, you know, and some other markets that I trade. Um, and um, yes. any news bits. You can follow along if you want news. I tweet a lot of news that's going on as well that's um, – Apropos to the crude oil market. Yes, and I, I admit, I, I admit, I am a follower, and yes, the information coming from <laughs> Tracy is is awesome throughout the day. If you if you are trading crude or just you, you want some great comments coming off the market, follow her on Twitter. So, all right, Tracy, you have a very good day. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. All right, cool. All right, Tracy, take care. Thanks. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Bye bye. Futures and Forex trading contains substantial risk and is not for every investor. An investor could potentially lose all or more than their initial investment. Risk capital is money that can be lost without jeopardizing one's financial security or lifestyle. Only risk capital should be used for trading, and only those with sufficient risk capital should consider trading. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results.